0: I love Christmas time because Christmas time we gather and we gather to sub- celebrate the day that hinch- history hinges on. It's the day that history hinges on and it's a very powerful time. It's a powerful time uh, simply because Christmas is filled with so many expectations. There's so many expectations for Christmas and we recognize that uh, and oftentimes that Christmas can end up uh, causing you to feel uh, a little empty on the inside because it wasn't as fulfilling as you hoped it would be. And the truth of the matter is that most people, no matter where they are, no matter what their circumstances are, they will miss Christmas. And it doesn't make sense that people would miss Christmas given all the uh, reminders that we have of Christmas time, for publicly, that we can see wherever we go that we are reminded of Christmas. there is advertisement that remind us of Christmas. there is decorations that remind us of Christmas time. And we are reminded through all the publicity, but despite the many reminders, that there are many people that will still miss Christmas. And so today, as we go into the Christmas week, uh, we're going to really talk about, we're going to look in, uh, let's start in Luke chapter 2. We'll start in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to begin to talk about um, missing Christmas. We're going to see some of the uh, people and some of the reasons that they missed Christmas. But then we also are going to see uh, those that actually recognized it and realized it and what God did for them once they realized uh, Christmas. In the book of Luke, chapter 2, we're going to look and we're going to start in verse 11 and verse 12. If you would open your Bibles to Luke, chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 12. In Luke 2, as we look in the, in the gospel, um, this particular passage, it, it, re, it reads and identifies one of the most, uh, I'd say, powerful portions of scripture as it talks and tells about the birth of Jesus. We see that in multiple Gospels, but in Luke chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 12, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And so notice this, that the angel declared uh, uh, to, uh, to the shepherds that a Savior had been born. And I want you to notice here that he said that there is a sign that will come to you, that you'll be able to see a sign, a sign. And the sign will be that there is a baby that will be wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Now, this is really interesting, and the reason that it's so interesting is because um, this sign, he refers to it as something that is supernatural. That you're going to see a supernatural sign that you cannot ignore. And the sign that he says is that you're gonna see a babe, he's gonna be wrapped in swallowing clothes, and he's gonna be lying in a manger. The supernatural sign was very much like you know the Red Sea. You couldn't deny it happened. Uh, you you would see a sign like they, like Peter walking on water. It couldn't be denied that God was there. Uh, another sign that uh, it it refers to it's not only that peter walking on water but how god had raised people from the dead and it was a sign that they could not uh, deny and so he says that you're gonna see a sign and it is a baby wrapped in swallowing clothes lying in a manger you know what's amazing about that is that the word manger is an interesting word Uh, because uh, in the greek the word manger is a word and i'm going to spell it for you uh, it's P-H-A-N-T-E, and you can look that up, or P-H-A-T-N-E, P-H-A-T-N-E. Now, in, in the, in, in the uh, hood, one with P-H-A-T is fat, right? So in the hood, we say fat me. But in the Greek, I don't want to mess it up. So it's P-H-A-T-N-E, and you need to look that up, because what's interesting is that this word means Kriam. It means crib. So he says that you're going to find a babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, and he's lying in a crib. But interesting, this same word and the root word of this have different meanings because the noun of this word, uh, uh, it means food. But the verb of this word means eat. So you're going to see some food. You're going to see a baby lying in a manger, in a crib. But this baby is going to be food, and the action of that is that you eat it. Now, in John chapter 6, Jesus says that I am the bread of life. He says that I am the living bread. And we know now that the only way to be strengthened, the only way to grow, is you have to eat. Do you notice how babies, babies start out with just a little milk? And, and, but then milk doesn't satisfy them at a particular time. So what do you have to do? You have to put some cereal in their milk. Now, if you don't put cereal in a baby's milk when they're growing, no matter how much you feed them, they're not going to get full. And then now you start giving them uh, some grits. Oh, glory. (laughs) Potatoes. And I tell you, oh, wow, I'm getting hungry right now. And then later on as they grow, they, they can have some ribs barbecue ribs, that is. So, so you want to grow because you want to get to the ribs. But, but what's interesting, you know, I was traveling uh, to Shreveport and um, there's a barbecue place there. I just love this barbecue place. The barbecue is, is really good. And you know what I love about it? Not only is the barbecue good, but they serve big portions. You, you go there and you say, let me have a half a pound and a half a pound there is not like a half a pound going up the street and say, Give me a half a pound, you give me three ribs. What? But when you say a half a pound there, man, Gwen and I can eat off of a half a pound. Uh, but they got a sign up. And you know what? They cook food for people that don't have teeth. You know why I say that? It's because there's a sign up that says, You need no teeth to eat our meat. <laughs> so, so, so I want you to see this now. Jesus says that I'm the bread of life, I'm the living bread. And the angel tells the shepherds that you're gonna find a babe who would be wrapped in a blanket and born in a crib. Now we know that that when a baby grows that they have to get out of the crib. And uh, their place to lie becomes enlarged. And not only that, but for them to move around, they need more space. And so it's really an identification that there must be growth. But what I want to point out at this particular time is this, is that in America, we love the finished product. Uh, and sometimes when God is moving in our lives, that we only trust it if we see the finished product. We see that there, we can see the maturity of it. We can see the, uh, clearly uh, uh, how things have changed. And then that's when we can believe it. But what if God, and I want to challenge you in this, what if God wanted to do something amazing in your life, but you actually miss it because you have been invited to experience it in the infant stage? But because it is in the infant stage, you miss it because you're looking for a clearly, fully developed picture of what God wants to do in your life. But, and it's so important because we recognize that the that, that when something is at the infancy stage, it is at its most vulnerable stage. A baby is most vulnerable at the infancy, at the, as an infant. As they grow, that they can develop some resistance. But they're most vulnerable as an infant. And so it's important to remember that. So, so what I want to do now is I want you to, to take you, I want you to remember that, that uh, God wants to invite you in. And you're going to see it in 2018. So he wants to invite you in to something at the infancy stage. And he wants you to be able to recognize it so you do not miss his presence. So that you do not miss his promise. So that you do not miss Christmas. Now, let's take a look at this. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Matthew 2, verse 2. 1. Let's read it together like you know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled And all Jerusalem with him. Now stop right there. Herod the king heard it. And he was troubled. And not only was he troubled, but all of Jerusalem with him was troubled. Now you remember on last week, and I thought this was so cute, that one of the fish was here. And the fish says that, you know, when I am Herod, when you go and find the baby Jesus, let me know and come back and tell me because I want to kill him. And you remember one of the little kids says, you want to kill him? Oh, did I say kill him? I want to worship him. I thought that was so cute. And so this week I watched that over and that part over and over and over, and I just fell out uh, laughing. So, So notice this. He says that I want to worship him. And now what's interesting is that he was looking for a baby to kill. Why? It's because there was a move of God that was coming to the earth, but it was in the infant stage. And he knew that the most vulnerable time is in the stage of infancy. Look, it's the same thing that the Pharaoh wanted. When the children of of, of Israel were growing and and, and, and the Egyptians got fearful of them because they were more numerous than them, what happened? Pharaoh wanted to kill the babies. Why? It's because God had birthed Moses into the earth and there was a move of God that was taking place and Pharaoh wanted to destroy it at the infancy stage. Look, this is so critical because there is something that you're carrying right now from God that he wants to give full birth to it, but it may be in the infancy, it is in the infancy stage. And it's the most vulnerable and it must be protected. And So we're gonna see exactly how this kind of works together. Because when we look at this and we recognize then that uh, Herod uh, said to the chief priests, he says that I, I want you to go and when you uh, find him, come back and tell me. You know what's interesting about that? Is that Herod missed Christmas, you know why? is because he was uninformed. He didn't know. Look, it's so important that you know that God has, has placed something on the inside of you, that he's, he's, he's carry, you're carrying something from him, that God is birthing something on the inside of you. It's so important to know that. But notice this, that Herod missed it because he was uninformed. But notice this, the chief priest in verse four, chief priest knew, verse four, When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Now look at the next verse. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is it written by the prophet. Notice this. Herod missed Christmas because he was uninformed. But the chief priests, they knew. They quoted the Old Testament, Micah chapter 5. They quoted and they said that, look, the Bible says, or the prophet says, that he will be born in Bethlehem. But they too missed Christmas. Why? They missed it because they were indifferent. They were looking for a deliverer. But it was about, you know, why do I need a ma- Savior? Why do I need a Messiah? And they were indifferent. And because of their indifference, they missed a move of God. Now, now it's important to recognize that when a, the danger of being indifferent is that you, you cannot accurately assess your spiritual condition. And so they had the information, they, they had the revelation, but they were indifferent to what they knew. So Herod missed it because he was uninformed. The chief priests missed it because they were indifferent. But not only did Herod miss Christmas because he was uninformed, not only did the chief priests miss it, miss it because they were indifferent. And let me say this, when I say miss Christmas, let me say it like this, they missed a the move of God. They missed the move of God. Would you just kind of just right now make a declaration? I declare in 2018, I will not miss a move of God. You declare it right now, even before you get there. (laughs) Glory. Glory. Okay. Uh, Let's take a look at this. Jerusalem missed the move of God. And and we can see that in the book of Luke, chapter 2. And we're going to look around verse 25 and 28. You don't have to turn there because we're going to read it out of the Message Bible. Luke, chapter 2, verse 25 and 28. Champions, I want you to read that with me together now. In Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in the peripheral expectancy of help for Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Now notice this, the Holy Spirit was where? It was on him. It was on him. Let's keep reading together. Now, the Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. And as the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law, Simeon took him into his arms And bless God. Now, I love the way Luke says it, because in Jerusalem, there was a man by the name of Simeon, and he had an expectation of what God had promised, that God had told him that there's a move coming. And Simeon was saying, I'm expecting a move of God. I'm anticipating a move of God. And he was looking for it. And when the move came, even though it was at its infancy stage, he recognized it. And not only did he recognize that he embraced the move of God, but there was a city that missed it. Jerusalem is only six miles from Bethlehem, but they still missed this move. Why? It's because of tradition. They came in that place, and they came for the rituals. And they came for religion, they came for tradition. And as they're just going through the tradition of, 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 of in the rituals of worship, they could not even recognize the move of God. And so they missed the move, even though they had been looking for it. Herod missed it because he was uninformed. The chief priest knew, but he was indifferent. And an entire city missed it simply because they were so focused on a traditional way of worship. Luke chapter 2, verse 39. last one I'll share with you today is that the people of Nazareth, they missed Christmas too. And why did they miss this move of God? Why did they miss this move? The Bible says that after Herod had died, that Jesus uh, was taken by Joseph and Mary to, back to Nazareth. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 39, let's look at it and read it in the Message Bible. We're going to read Luke 2, 39 and 40. Let's read it together. Now, so when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Notice this, when he got back to Nazareth, he was not like any other child in Nazareth. He was different. And the grace of God, the Bible says, was upon him and and it was upon him in a very incredible way. So Jesus spent 30 years growing up in Nazareth. But yet they still missed the move of God that was being birthed into the earth for 30 years. But they never really recognized it in Nazareth, even after it had become full grown. Nathaniel says it like this, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so one of the reasons that they missed it was that there was a town people that was rude. Uh, they were uh, they had an attitude and they were violent and they really had a bad reputation. And so when Jesus finally comes, it's time for him to come to Nazareth uh, after the, that move of God is in full uh, blown. Full, it's been fulfilled and the manifestation and the miracles and the signs and wonders are happening all over. Jesus stood up and he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me and it has anointed me. And Jesus began to talk about what this move would do. And he was reading out of Isaiah 61. And as he read about this move, that uh, he says that I am what I just read about. I am this move. I am the Messiah. I am the son of God. And the people knew him so well. That they didn't see he was special. Because why? He had become common to them. He wasn't respected by them. He wasn't honored by them. And look church. One of the reasons. The reason rather that Nazareth missed the move of God. Was because they were familiar. With the move. But yet they didn't recognize it or benefit from it. Because they were familiar with how God was. uh, The person that God was, was bringing the move into the earth with and they saw them in a very natural way rather than a divine way. You know what, that causes me to reflect that you've heard the Christmas story so many times. You've read about the story. You've heard so many sermons preached on this story. From a child, you've seen so many Bible lessons. It may not be special to you. The Bible says Jesus marveled that they, their familiarity would not allow them to benefit from the move. So they missed it. Why? It's because they were familiar with how God, who God was birthing the move with through. One of the reasons why generations are so important is because God can use anyone to declare the move. There are teens that God can use to declare the move. There are adventure questers that God can use to declare the move through. And just because of their age, or just because of it's someone that you have not seen in the past and recognized anything special about them, it does not mean that they are not part of the remnant. Doesn't mean that they're, they're not part of the remnant that God's gonna use to birth, the move. And I believe in 2018, God is gonna use some unusual ways to cause a great move to take place that what he has promised, what he has said about your family, about your calling, about your purpose, about your relationship, and about your finances. He's going to reveal and advance in an unconventional way. And so as a result of the church, you've got to be ready. You've got to be informed. You can't be indifferent about what God speaks. And you can't look at how things have always been done, and embrace tradition when God is blowing a fresh wind, a fresh fire. You've got to resist being familiar simply because of what you know rather than what God is trying to get you to know. There's a story, a book that was written by a man. This man's name is Timothy Butts, and he wrote a book entitled Tigers in the Dark. It's about a a European um, game show, reality show, and what would happen is that the trainer would go into the cage with bingo tigers. They would lock the door, and the only thing that the trainer had was a chair and a whip. No one could save him. No one could help him, and so he would go in and he would demonstrate who he, you know, the skill set, the giftings that he had. But something happened one day. One day the power went out. The lights went off. Can you imagine this man in a locked cage with killer bingo tigers with just a chair and a whip? And what's even more bothering than that is that tigers have night vision. They can see in the dark. And he can't see them, but they can see him. So a little later, the lights came back on, and when the lights came back on, they asked him, how did it feel with you in that locked cage with just a chair and a whip, knowing that these tigers could see you, but you could not see them? How did it feel? He says, that I was fine. Wow! How were you fine? He says, I just kept doing what I'd already been doing. And although that they could see me. They did not know that I couldn't see them. And so he just took what he had learned, he had took the gifting that he had been given, and he just kept exercising it even though he was in the dark. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that there are things during your most difficult moment in the dark that God's going to reveal to you. And he says that what I reveal to you in the dark, I want you to declare it in the light. When you go, as you go out of this year, there is a move of God that's taking place. And, and, and I want you to be mindful of that in this season, that Jesus coming to the earth was a declaration that there, that, that there are two time frames, before he came and after he came. And you are never alone, but God is going to reveal something amazing and to you, a promise to you. And it's going to be a reinforcement of what he's already shared with you. And, and church, I want you to see that it will be in the infant stage and it must be protected because the things that are at the infancy stage are vulnerable and is at its most dangerous phase. Our beyond project is in the infancy stage. It must be protected. And so as we move into 2018, mm, when Jesus came, he brought God's presence. But notice what the Bible says, that the Spirit was on Simeon. But when Jesus left, God's presence didn't leave. Because no longer was the Spirit on him, but uh, the Spirit on you, but the Spirit was in you. And before Jesus was born, they would come to a place to worship him. Uh, After Jesus, uh, before Jesus died, they would come and they would seek to worship God. But after Jesus was resurrected, then no longer did we have to just go to a place to worship him. Why? Because he wasn't just in a place. They didn't have to go to the temple. The temple was them. And the Spirit of God was on the inside of them. And so no matter where you go, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter the crisis that you face, no matter how dark the times seem, that God has revealed a promise to you And I believe that he's going to continue to share what that is as we go throughout 2018. And I want you to hold strong to it because God will inform you. I believe that God will cause you to receive it, will help you receive it. And I believe that it can be done in a different way. And if you'll be willing to release tradition so that you can receive revelation, then you can move forward. With something that may not be familiar with you, but it it may not, it may look like you just can't see your step, but the Bible says he sent his word, and his word is a lamp and a light.